We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe and on Facebook. This week's guest is Frank Agin. He is the president of Amspirit Business Connections, which empowers entrepreneurs and professionals to become more successful via networking. In addition, he works with companies and organizations with their professional relationships. He's also the host of Networking Rx Part Podcast, which has ideas, insights, and interviews on business networking. Finally, Frank is the author of several books, including Foundational Networking, Creating Know, Like, and Trust for a Lifetime of Extraordinary Success. Frank, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. How are you doing? I am great. You know, it's a little chilly here in Milwaukee today. <laughs> well, it's Wisconsin. That's what you, that's to be expected. We Well, we just had snow. Oh, um, yeah. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, so we just had a little bout of snow. And it's back to rain now, but oh well. Yeah, I woke up with uh, having to scrape ice off my car and, and definitely some snow. And uh, it's the coldest it's been uh, in quite some time here, <laughs> 19 yeah. degrees today. So, wow. Burr. <laughs> you can keep it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm volunteering to share it with you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, what, your weather comes our way eventually. So, whatever. Uh-huh. Send it. <laughs> All right. So, Frank, in your opinion, what is the best thing that someone can do to jumpstart their network? You know, I get this question a lot. It's a good question. Um, I, I, uh, I run a business networking organization. We help entrepreneurs, sales reps, professionals become more successful. But I, I tell people an occupational hazard of what I do is, is that I get people who are in job transition or people who are just struggling to try and have a network. And my simple answer to that question is simply this, find some place to volunteer. It just makes it really easy. Figure out what you're passionate about. You might be passionate about sports. So maybe there's a road race or you know some sort of running event, fundraiser that you can get involved with um, youth, youth sports activities. Uh, it might be the arts. I mean, there's, there is, there are countless opportunities out there to volunteer and meaningful opportunities. And when you get out there and you volunteer, share your talents, share your time, maybe share your treasures, you have the ability, you you almost immediately run into other people who share your passion and they're coming from their own little corner of the world. And you don't necessarily have to jump in saying, well, I'm looking for this or looking for that. People will ask, well, what is it you do? Mm-hmm. I do a lot of volunteer stuff, done a lot of volunteer stuff through the years, and I've never really had to promote who I am. Eventually, people ask or, you know, LinkedIn's a wonderful thing. I have a completed LinkedIn profile. They find out. They find out. So that's my answer to a quick, easy way to do it. I think that's great. Um, and definitely a fan of that. And it's way less threatening than going into an environment that you're not comfortable in. I like how you spoke to find something that you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be business. It can be a sport. It can be the arts. It can be 
you know, religious, whatever it is, something that is in alignment with your passions and you're going to find like-minded individuals and organically create relationships. Yeah. And things come from that. I had a friend who I had given that advice to, and she was a uh, breast cancer survivor, very healthy, liked to run. She got involved in a cancer running event and uh, that just talking to somebody about what she wanted to do or what she thought she might want to do. And somebody said, Oh, you know, here's a, here's a way that you can become a massage therapist. And they have these grants out there. So it would essentially be free um, or very inexpensive, uh, you know, so it wasn't exactly what she was thinking would come of it, but that's what came of it. And it sent her life on a her professional life on a totally different trajectory. So, uh, you know, it, it works. That's awesome. So in talking, you indicated that you're interested in the science behind networking. What mm-hmm. do you mean? Well, people think of networking, they think of it as this this very nuts and bolts transactional, have a good 30 second commercial, you know, come have a firm handshake, get out there, smile. Uh, and and a lot of that is true, but there's a science behind it. We're we're humans and much of what happens in human interaction is is predictable. It's not perfectly predictable, right? Temperature falls below 32 degrees, water freezes. I mean, that's that's perfectly predictable. But with human interactions, things aren't necessarily predictable, but they but they become really likely. For example, when you smile at somebody, they will smile back, mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of hardwired into our brains. When you're standing and talking with somebody, if they cross their arms, you're probably going to cross yours. You know, so there are, you know, there's a science behind this. There's a science behind, you know, there's a science behind volunteering and doing things for other people. And then when we do things for other people, they are more likely to do things for other people. They're more likely to do something for us in return. So there's, there's definitely a science behind it. And there's a lot of, there's a there's a ton of studies out there that kind of speak to things that can help us better understand how things work and 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 why they work. Yeah, that I I love that and I I love the analogy with the smiling at someone and to some extent, you know, there's that the mirroring and you yeah. philosophy but um if you kind of initiate, you know, the positive positioning, you're going to get that back as well. Yeah, um, a great. Well, I guess just a great example of that. They did a study out in Poland, over in Poland, university uh, study, and they had a young woman on the street, on the sidewalk, selling candles, and she talked to a hundred other women, and half the women she just went up to and said, "Will you buy a candle from me?" The other half, the women, she initiated in conversation, and the conversation was real small, and the conversation was, how are you doing? And the person would respond, doing well or doing poorly, and then the researcher would respond in kind, oh, I'm glad you're having a great day, or I'm sorry, your day's not going so well. Would you buy a candle? And she sold significantly more candles to the people that she engaged in this small little tidbit of conversation. And people don't like small talk. But what small talk does is it activates a portion of – I don't want to say a portion of the brain, but it's what's called heuristic processing. Our brain kind of does this shortcut to say, okay, somebody's engaged me in small talk. I can trust them. I can like them. I can trust them. So those are you – know, I mean, there's all sorts of studies like that out there. 
Yeah, that's really cool. That's a that's a great uh, little story you shared. Thank, thank you. What is one thing that people often overlook in networking? You know, I think one of the things that they over people people embark on networking. There's probably a lot of things, but the, the big thing that they overlook, and I I just did a radio program this morning. We got we were talking about this. They they're focused in on what's in it for them. And what you need to remember is that what networking is really about is about helping others and just kind of trusting that it'll come back to you. So what I always tell people is, is that you need to, you know, in networking, it's, it's really about being other fo- others focused and kind of trusting the process and just finding ways to help other people. And it can be lots of, it can be lots of things. Me being on your podcast is a help, mm-hmm. you know, Certainly, you know, contributing to a charity or giving somebody a referral can help. Being encouraging can help. There's lots of different ways that we can help one another. And that's something that's that's often overlooked. People come to networking, you know, hands on their hips saying, okay, where's my stuff, right? Where's my, yep. where's my referral? And it, 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 it happens, but you've got to lead with giving to others. Nice. I like that. Um, and there's, there's a lot of truth to that and that some of the people are just going in with the what's in it for, for me approach. And I think that's the wrong mindset overall. Um, and really having that pay it forward mentality and giving first approach is, is definitely uh, important there. Frank, can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Wow, I've had so many. That's a you know, I, I when I do my podcast for for a time, I was asking people to share a favorite book with our our listeners, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it would stump people. And I'm like, okay, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you're stumped because that means you've read a lot. If you've read two books, it's either one or the other, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I have a lot of great stories, but one of the one of the stories that sticks with me and i share this often is, is years ago i got a referral from somebody they you know they in a meeting they said i've got a referral for you in in one of our amspirit meetings and i was excited i've got a referral i don't know what it is it's like you know it's like that president of the tree christmas morning um yeah. I, I can hardly wait and and um so after the meeting the guy came up to me and he essentially said you know i i want you to come speak at my group and in the moment inside, I was like, ah, I need money. You know, I don't need, an, I don't need to write another speech, but on the outside, I'm like, okay, thank you very much. And he gave me the information on the program. And I call that my worst referral ever, but I went through with it. And the opportunity to speak, I used to be an attorney before I started doing this. I used to be an attorney and the opportunity to speak was to a group of individuals, business brokers, help people buy and sell businesses. That's the type of law I practice. It was the perfect group for me to be in front of. It was the best few hours of planning a speech I had ever invested uh, because I had a chance to get before these people. And I never really talked about myself as an attorney. I just gave them value. I gave them insights, things that they should look for. And from that, in time, lots of referrals happened. So... You know, the, the lesson in that, the lesson I tell other people is just find ways to add value to others. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly a way that you can add value is by just sharing your knowledge and things will come back to you. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And you know what I love about this story is that initially your mindset was not super enthusiastic about speaking to the group, but you still did it. And at the end of the day, you found that, um, you know, this referral was an opportunity to get into not just one individual, but many. Yeah. Which is great. Thanks for sharing that. So as someone who's obviously an avid networker and, and this is what your profession is on, I'm sure you meet a ton of fascinating people. How do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships that you're creating? It's, it's a discipline. You have to be, you have to have a very disciplined approach to it. And what I mean by having a disciplined approach is you know, I will systematically reach out to people in my network and just see how they're doing. And this is something I learned years ago from a, from a guy who this is before email. Uh, you know, he said, I you know, have a database of people and once every six months I try and reach out to these people. And I figured, OK, great. This is, uh, you know, this is all this is all just talk. You know, six months after we had met, he reached out just to see how I was doing. Again, pre-email, it was a phone call. Mm -hmm. And he just called me up and said, how's it going? You know, just touching base. Here's some things I'm working on. What are you working on? It wasn't a long call. Um, but in this day and age, it's really easy to kind of keep track of that stuff. And, and that's what I tend to do, finding out what people are doing, learning a little bit about them. And it's not – I don't have a sales agenda. I'm not trying to sell anything but I'm trying to figure out who they are and what they do. And maybe there's some other people in my network that I can connect them with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's that that's great. And the hardest part is the discipline around it. Yeah. I think a lot of people really do struggle with that. Um, but if you are doing it right and consistently, it can be very rewarding, not just for you, but for everyone in your network. Right. Great. What advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Yeah, well, certainly get started. You know, certainly get started. I would, I, I wouldn't focus on, you know, we say really trying to grow your network. I wouldn't get caught up in trying to make it happen overnight. And I tell people you can have a big, big network. You're just not going to do it overnight. Mm -hmm. um, focus on one person at a time, not 10 people at a time. We have relationships one person at a time. Uh, and I tell people who are at events or come to things that I do, do, do not leave without meeting somebody new. Don't leave without the beginnings of a new relationship and then come back and do it again and do it again and do it again in time. Those things will, will build. LinkedIn is a wonderful resource. A lot of times people think LinkedIn is, I've had this conversation a number of times recently with people who are um, in job transition. They talk about their LinkedIn and what they're doing on LinkedIn, their LinkedIn profile. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. I thought LinkedIn was just this box that you checked. Okay, I have a LinkedIn profile. I'm done. And I said, no, it's a whole community out there of people who are interacting. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of it. Totally. But, you know, you're not going to get, you know, 500 new relationships overnight. You might get, you might get 500 connections in a month, but, it's, you know, really kind of shoot for the relationships, people that want to get on the phone and have a conversation, much like you and I are having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. And I found the more time I invest on LinkedIn, the more quality um, connections I'm actually creating. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Well, not everybody's going to connect with you. I, I will have a series of connections, go through a series of connections, and nothing will come of it. Um, but then there's, you know, there's a handful of people out there that it's just great things come from it. And it's, it makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. So speaking of LinkedIn, which I would refer to as digital networking, and then the traditional networking, you know, meeting people in person, whatever that may be, both of uh, significant importance, but which one do you ultimately find more value in? You know, um, well, clearly, clearly it's the traditional is where the yeah. value is at. But you a lot of times can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really all comes down to it comes down to relationships. We we're human. We've been human for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years. And there's a development there that is prone to personal interaction. Um, that's how that's how we develop know, like, and trust. That's how we fall in love. That's how we have kids. That's how you know we continue on. Um, and social, you know, social interaction, social media, digital, as you put it, isn't going to change that. It's, you know, it's it. It's not going to change that. We're not going to just start willy-nilly investing our money, falling in love and running off with people that we've we've never met. So mm-hmm. it really kind of comes down to it. All social media has allowed us to do the you know the digital platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Um, I, I mainly pick on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a platform that allows you to really expand quickly to people you've never met. Facebook is kind of more limited to people that you've had interaction with. Um, I realize you can meet people, but just in, with LinkedIn, I mean, it's really kind of opened itself up to meeting, you know, I've, I'm communicating with somebody down in Australia, never met them. Um, That's awesome. But what it does is it allows you to communicate 24-7, right, worldwide, and know a lot about the people you're talking to before you talk to them. That's, I, I tell people to analogize it to a giant networking event because that's really what it is. It's just going 24 hours a day, seven days a week with millions and millions of people, and there's tons of information. So you're, you, know, you reaching out to me and us connecting, you knew a lot about me before we even got on the phone. Whereas if you're in a networking event, you might come up to me and it's like, okay, what are you about? Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't yeah. know. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Good, I like that. I like the analogies that you shared as well. So Frank, a uh, fun question here. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Well, it certainly it certainly has to do with, with networking. Uh, my 20-year-old self, I was in college. I... Um, played college football. I lived with my teammates and that was my world. And I look at my daughter who plays college soccer and she rooms with other women with other sports 
and she is much better networked than I am. She she interacts with people who don't play sports. I didn't do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And I think she's in a much better position professionally than than I was. Um, so I would go back and say, okay, you need to, nothing wrong with your friends. These are great. You can live here, but you need to branch out and meet other people and get to know other people and, and, and learn about them. I just feel like I missed a ton of opportunity by li having those limiting choices. Yeah. I think that's good, uh, reflection back and hopefully some listener who's kind of at that stage in their life is going to take that advice and and make something of it. Uh, Frank, fun question for you again. So we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? I, I'm trying, well, I, I'll tell you this much. I'm almost positive I could do it within six degrees, almost positive. And, um, who would be the one person I would want to connect with? You know, my, my wife really likes John Bon Jovi. Mm -hmm. I would love to connect with him for her um, more than probably more than it. Just just for her. She's, she's great. Um, are you familiar how they came up with the term six degrees of separation? Um, I'm familiar with the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but okay. I don't know if that's the same. No, no it's, it's not. There, there, uh, there was a, this, again, this gets into the science, right? Sure. Yep. There, this, this researcher, um, Stanley Milgram, he would, he, he was kind of theorizing how we're connected. And so what he did was he took, he, he took packets of, he, he took these packets and he brought them to Omaha, Nebraska. Or mailed them to Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska, totally random, giving them to people saying, in this packet is the name of a financial advisor who lives near Boston, Massachusetts. If you know this financial advisor, send this back to him. If you don't know him, then you need to send it to the next person you think would know the financial advisor. Hmm. So all these packets go out and they come back to the financial advisor on average in six steps. So that's how they came up with this term, six degrees of separation. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. So, I didn't know that. Well, thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, there's, I mean, there are entire books out there and it's fascinating how this is, you know, how they're kind of studying this, how it's all kind of being pieced together and how we work with one another and uh, very interesting. Yeah, I think that's great. So um, speaking of books, is there any hot book that you're reading right now or maybe um, something you're listening to that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, hot books I'm reading right now, you know, I, I do a podcast networking mm -hmm. RX and what has spun off of that podcast is actually a second podcast. And that second podcast is called networking RX minute. So every day I provide a one minute tidbit of a networking lesson and insight inspiration. And so what that has done is led me down the path of reading. I'm looking on my desk here. I probably have 30 books here that I'm pulling through. Wow. Um, you know, I'll, I'll read 10, 20 pages and get some good quotes, the things that I can remark on. Um, and so I've got a, a series of books. Uh, the one I'm looking at right now is Lewis Howe's book, The School of Greatness, which is an awesome book. Um, the Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Mm -hmm. is, an, is another great book. Um, the Power of Optimism by a psychologist out of Indianapolis, Tim Schur. 
So I've got a series of books that I'm kind of picking through. And it's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating because there's so many great insights, um, so many great analogies. You think I've got analogies. There's just so many wonderful ones that are out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, lots of good books you just listed. And I, I've heard some of those a uh, number of times from past guests. So uh, definitely some hot ones out there. I've read The Go-Giver. That one's really, really good. Yeah. Easy read too, which is really my style as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, Frank. So here's your chance to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Yeah, I would be, I would be interested in how you have grown your business. What networking have you done to grow your business? I'd say the majority of my business growth has been through my network on some level, whether I'm part of a chamber or a networking group and actively an active member showing up, participating, serving on a committee or sitting on the board um, or just being in um, kind of that, that hub in the, I like the analogy of the hub and spoke with, you know, that central point when someone needs something, they're confident that they could come to me, even though I can't personally do it, but that I will know someone that, that can get it done. So I'm kind of a, a go-to in that sense. Um, and I always just try to give whenever anyone, you know, on, on social media, someone's asking for recommendations or, or references. I'm always willing to just, here's what I know, or here's a resource that can help you find that. Yeah. It's um, fun, isn't it? It is fun. And, and that's definitely, that's been my philosophy from, Day one, um, similar to what you spoke about uh, with regards to um, you educating uh, individuals, that's also my my giving strategy too. Is just the more that I can educate you, uh, the better you can make an intelligent decision on how to proceed with your business actions. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Thank you. Frank, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, I, I think the number one thing with respect to, you know, I've, you know volunteering was certainly the, the, you know, the number one activity. Mm-hmm. But where it really starts with is a mindset. And the mindset is you have to believe in networking. You have to believe that it works. You, you know, and when I say believe that it works, you just have to trust that it's it's going to work. It might not work exactly how you want it to work. You know, for example, you know, I referenced a story where somebody gave me an opportunity to speak. That's not what I wanted, but it worked, right? Mm -hmm. I got an opportunity. Uh, um, It doesn't always, you know, happen where you think it should be happening. You know, I've been at parties and have gotten opportunities and I've been at networking events and nothing's come of them. Uh So you can't really, you know, I'm going to a networking event. Life is a networking event. Yep. Every, every moment's a networking event. And then the final is you can't really predict when it's going to happen. You're going to do something today and it's going to manifest itself years from now. Um, and, you know, whenever I go out and give a speech and I talk about that, I reference how I came upon giving that speech. And usually it's something, you know, this speech, me standing here today was set in motion by something that happened 12 years ago. And I tell the story how I may have met the person, you know, and this is how it's kind of fast forward. And, and I, I try to inspire people that who you meet today is going to manifest itself into something 12 years down the line 
or 12 months down the line or 12 days down the line. You just got to get out there, provide value to people and trust that it'll come back. And it does. I think that's great. And I love that kind of connection that you make to you're standing in this room today because of, you know, the series of events that started, you know, way back when. I think that's fantastic. All right, Frank, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? The the best way, best ways, two things. One, LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Frank Egan on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, Frank, typical spelling, F-R-A-N-K. Last name is A-G-I-N. I also have a, I have a business website um, generally put together for the membership of the organization, but I have a personal website frankagan.com and that has a link to my email my podcasts all different ways of getting a hold of me facebook so on and so forth so one of those two ways is the best fantastic and we will include all of that information in our show notes thanks so much for being on the show today frank you had some fantastic insights for our listeners thank you this wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Frank Aiken for taking the time to connect with us. Join us next week for another great guest as we continue the conversation on networking and building your community. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.